Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. Yeah. I get to start taking off at this number, man. So it's, 
it's okay, it's okay. I, I just got to calm myself down. I'll get a cup of water and relax to it. You know, I, I'll get to it as best as I possibly can. And calling out of the Midwest, the Louisiana guy himself, Mr. Harvey, a.k.a. Mike, how are you doing? Welcome to the brunch. How are you feeling this morning? Hey, man, I'm doing well. I'm doing a lot better than I was in the last couple of weeks, man. Finally getting back to uh, finally getting back to health, man. Thank you for having me. It's always good to chop it up with you. Welcome back. Uh, and you're only as old as you feel, man. You're only, you're only as old as you feel. But we got a lot of cool things to get to. Quick shout-out to Western Kentucky, man. Like uh, the Western mm-hmm. Kentucky Hilltoppers hey, 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 in a couple hey, of different hey, sports hey, yesterday. Hey, hey, slow uh, down. We, we, we. We got a, we got a whole show to get to. Hold on, we can, we I can I, we can feed okay, you okay. people. Hold, Hold on. on, I'm asking about you. I'm asking I'm asking about Michael Harvey. You you don't have to eat. Just uh, I'm gonna feed you. I'm gonna feed you. I want to feed you and Eric at the same time. You can put some of these dishes out as you need to. I'm asking about you yourself. Don't you don't you wor- don't I'm you good, worry man. about I'm a thing. <laughs> don't you worry about a thing. <laughs> Yeah, thank you for having I'm me, done. man. I'm it's done. good to chop it up with you and E, man. I appreciate it. I, I got you. Don't, don't worry. Okay, so I, I know Sports City, I got to run <laughs> because they are chopping at the bit. I know I got some work to do. I haven't been here in a while. Um, roller coaster of a storm, but uh, definitely try to calm down the best that I can in the past uh, nine days. I had to, you know, try to reset the button. First and foremost, let me get to the quick stuff. I don't know if they saw it, but I'm going to do it just because I do love the sport. So there were some, I, I I have to call it like exhibition boxing matches. I have to. I don't know if they call this a legit one, the second one I'm going to get to, but the first one I definitely am claiming that's an exhibition bout between uh, Frank Gore and Darren Williams, a.k.a. D. Williams, the former point guard of the Utah Jazz and the New Jersey Nets that went to the Brooklyn Nets, and uh, he he was at a couple of places before he ended up retiring. Uh, and Frank Gore, uh, I definitely say Hall of Fame bound. Uh, he was looking for work this year as an NFL running back, didn't get that going. Uh, set up this exhibition match for a four round fight, and uh, D or Darren Williams took care of business in this fight, and it was more or less like a a mauling almost to a point where like he. His size, like, definitely killed him. And just looking at how how short comparison toward D. Williams, it was bad. Uh, and one stand where they were in the corner, like, he was throwing blows at Frank Gore, literally pushed him through the ropes. And for him trying to recover, it was it was just awkward seeing them two fight and watching D. Williams kind of overpower Frank. It was interesting because Frank is a football player and uh, D's the basketball player. But nevertheless, D. Williams did win that fight. Uh, in a four-round matchup, and the second fight was the the ultimate news around the world, the rematch of Tyron Woodley going up against Jake Paul, in which the first fight, it came down to a decision. Jake Paul won by decision. A lot of people thought it was controversial, um, in which this fight that was set up for Jake Paul, he was supposed to be fighting Tyson, no, uh, Tommy Fury, Tyson Fury's little brother, and uh a health setback happened to Tommy Fury and Tyron Woodley took this fight on two weeks notice, uh, ended up fighting. This fight went to the sixth round in which Tyron Woodley came out and said that he felt like he was winning the fight up until the sixth round. 
in which uh, around two minutes and I want to say like, I want to say about 10 seconds have gone by. He throws an overhand right clean on the temple and, and lays Tyron Whitley flat on his face. Uh, he's down motionless for all of about five or six seconds. And uh, the ref, it was quick. he landed on his face. The ref waved it off and stopped him. And um, you see Ty, uh, Tyron Whitley making his way up, but still nevertheless a clean punch to get him out of there. And uh, this, you know, this wave, I want to say a wave of this storm of, good opportunity for Jake Paul has been taking place, and now he's more or less calling out a lot of names. But it's interesting that he's calling out names in the MMA, uh, MMA rank uh, with him going up against uh, Ben Askren and fighting Tyron Woodley twice. Uh, he's now looking for George Masvidal and one of the Diaz brothers. So it's like you're a boxer or doing boxing work, I'm looking at it, you should fight a boxer. They try to set up the fight with Tommy Fury. Health situation happened. He couldn't fight. It's like, well, wait for that fight to come about because this is what you're trained for. But nevertheless, I want to see how they end up setting things up for Jake Paul because he is a big name, not only in, you know, internet world and uh, YouTube, things of that nature, but also he's making his name because he has a lot of followers on all of his social medias that are coming to these fights, and, and he's getting big turnouts. Um, I don't know if you guys caught or heard both of these fights. I want to see how both of you feel. I'll start with you first, Eric, because you are the 49er guy, Frank Gore being both of our one of our favorites. I'm a Hurricane fan, so I love him ever since he came out of Florida. And um, you being a Niner fan, watching him put up more of those 10,000 yards or 10,000-plus with your boys and – uh, getting to a Super Bowl, no less, and losing by basically a, a jump ball that's just thrown out of bounds by Kaepernick. But nevertheless, that, that's old stuff. But your thoughts about either the Frank fight or the Jake Paul fight? Uh, yeah, and just uh, before I get in that, just to touch on quickly what you just said, uh, you hit the nail on the hammer there. Um, why didn't they hand the ball off to Frank Gore? You know, we should have one-yard line, so that was a head-scratcher. But uh, nonetheless, yeah, great running back. And, uh, yeah, this was kind of a shocker to me, Timeless. Um, you know, Deron Williams uh, came up swinging, and then, you know, after the fight, his interview and stuff, and, and he is correct. He's like, you know, a lot of people say basketball players are soft. Uh, we kind of get that mantra, but I was never one of them. So, uh, you know, nonetheless, it was a good fight. You know, it's funny, they both flew out of the ring, uh, you know, at one point, so, um, you know, hats off to him for both getting in the ring and putting on a good fight, um, but, uh, you know, Frank Gore comes out on the losing end, and then, you know, Mr. Paul, that's, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not on the bandwagon here, you know, that uh, Mayweather, you know, that, that fight they had, they made, that wasn't even a fight, Mayweather didn't even give it his all, so, you know what I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know where we go. I think the Diaz brothers, that's wrong, barking up that tree because they will annihilate him. So I think he needs to stick to this celebrity boxing, and uh, that's all it is in my eyes. It's celebrity boxing. This isn't, uh, you know, real boxing to me by any means. So especially after that fight with him and Mayweather, and Mayweather comes out and tells, you know, like he wasn't going 100%. So, But, yeah, that's that's what I get from it, the – Gore and Williams fight was much more entertaining in my eyes. Okay, Mike, your thoughts on uh, what you may have heard about both of these fights, whether the Frank Gore, Darren Williams fight, 
or the Tyron Willie versus Jake Paul fight? Uh, your thoughts and opinions on that as well. Okay. So did Mayweather fight Jake or did Mayweather fight Logan? Uh, Mayweather actually fought I... Logan. Okay, cool. I always get them confused. I just know these are the bums that like try to make their reputation off YouTube and boxing, and so they're kind of, I don't want to say making a mockery of the sport, but in some ways. Uh, listen, Tyrone Woodley, as a UFC fighter, was already kind of over the hill. He had his little run, and he wasn't really doing anything successful in UFC um, at the time. So the guys that you're that you're choosing to fight are even has been they're not even at the top of the of the UFC game. Uh get in there Woodley has thrown some big punches but with that background he would use grappling and other things to set that up. So that ain't no real boxer, bro. Like you that you hadn't even fought like Timeless said a, a real boxer ever. So you you might be self-made uh, when it comes to this. But listen, they're picking their spots. It's a publicity stunt, and people are buying in. That was a nice shot to get him out of there last night. But there are a lot of boxers, even boxers that are over the hill in their career that would knock them out. So I want to see you fight somebody that actually uh, really, really knows how to throw hands. Yeah, Like, okay, you want to play with UFC? I don't, I don't think he could take George St. Pierre because that guy can actually box or – or Dustin Poirier would be would be interesting to me, but uh, you know you, you getting guys that aren't even trained boxers, so you're supposed to beat them even if you are just a kind of YouTube trained or or whatever you are. As far as uh, Darren Williams and Frank Gore, man, good on them. They were able to make a little bit of uh, a little bit of change in a fight. Um, I I wondered if Darren Williams being a little bit taller. If that if that reach would make a difference, but man, um, I I appreciate Frank Gore's athletic ability. I appreciate all this done in the sport, like you said, from Miami on up, and all the different stops he's had. You know, we're talking about a guy that what numbers wise, what are we looking at? Maybe uh, what is he third or fourth right now all time in total yards or something crazy as a running back? So uh, you know, hey, if if they have a chance. Listen, if a guy can go out there and get trained uh, via YouTube and and make some money in a boxing ring, then why not let a couple of former, uh, like, real actual athletes who have entertained on biggest on some of the biggest stages that their sport has to offer come out and do the same? So I was actually very interested to see that, and uh, I just hope that uh, – I hope Jay Paul will uh, fight somebody that – is more befitting of boxing or that actually can half call themselves a boxer so we can watch him get exposed for the fraud that he is. And and that's what I was waiting for to see if he was legit because Tommy Fury, Tyson Fury's brother, is a real legit boxer. Uh, he's undefeated as well and plays the part. Like if you look at him, he looks like a boxer that is going to come and do damage way more in shape than his brother Tyson, even though Tyson's freaking six nine. But uh, you could tell they both they both work out together. You can see them on YouTube working out together. So it's not like he has an edge on him. It's just, <laughs> I guess, more or less the structure of Tyson that he looks like that. But nevertheless, I wanted to see what Tommy would have looked like up against Jake Paul. This didn't happen. So I'm thinking 
more or less he's going to go along the lines of getting fights that he can be successful in because that's kind of what it looks like in a lot of boxers. Uh, how do I say, like, they realm up the uh, ladder. They get those fights that kind of tune them up for the bigger fights around, like, fight 10, 15. I don't know how far Jake Paul will be pursuing this because the one thing that has me a question is, is, like, if he loses his first fight, does he fall out of boxing? Is this like, okay, well, this isn't fit for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, and he's fighting MMA fighters where these guys are known to not only throw punches, they also throw kicks and they grapple. So they're not – some of those guys aren't meant to go toe-to-toe toe toe with guys. Like, they will throw those bombs, and whoever gets caught first on the chin gets caught first on the chin and gets laid out. Um, I don't want to make an excuse for Tyron Willie, but it's like he took that fight in two weeks. Like, And that's what makes me feel bad about all fighters, fighters, whether it's MMA or boxing – it's like when they have to fill in a spot and be like, well, I'll take the fight. I this is And, Lord, forgive me for I know not what I've done. I'm going to say that now. I feel like when fighters take that in short notice, it's a money grab. It's a situation just to pull money in. And Tyron Woodley's career in MMA, it's like stopped after he's lost like several different bouts in the octagon, let alone him coming into the ring and losing that first fight, even though it was very interesting or questionable how – he actually made it an interesting fight, but Jake Paul catches him with a clean hook now and did so much damage. Not only was he out cold, but, like, basically had him emotional in tears. But the situation I'm looking at is, like, was it just you to just fill your pockets with a check to get up out of there and continue on with what you're doing with life as of now? Because I feel like he'll do more acting and announcing than getting in an octagon or a ring at this point in time. So, and I, I can be wrong, and, and people may feel a certain way about what I said, but the way that that looked is, like, interesting. I feel like um, he shouldn't have did that while Jake Paul was training to fight a legit boxer. He was going in there to fight a legit boxer, not somebody that's uh, trying to really do exhibition work. But nevertheless, I don't oh, – really uh, I'm going to be honest before, before I give it back to you guys. I don't want to see him keep fighting MMA fighters. If you're claiming to be a boxer, you're training around – California or within the Mayweather gym, even though Tyron Willie was going to the Mayweather gym too, you're getting pointers from boxers. So fight a boxer. Don't fight guys that can throw their hands, but they're also looking to do other things too. They're kind of at a disadvantage. That's why I kind of wanted to fight Connor because Connor's name is a big draw also. So if he got Connor in the ring and took care of Connor, Ireland would probably go crazy than the rest of the world. Forget just America, but Everybody would be behind him. So he's building up a stardom outside of what he's already built from him being a, a child uh, actor to being a social media, you know, phenom, him and his brother, uh, to now uh, taking on the world boxing. So this is interesting, but i got to give him his credit for laying uh, Woodley out cold is another thing. But I want to see him take on interesting names. But the names that he did try to call out, he wanted to fight like Canelo, as a boxer, I don't. If Canelo fights him, I, if if he beats Canelo, then this is interesting, you know. Or if he, if he beats Tommy Fury, then this gets interesting. Like, but I want to see him fight boxers. Like, like let's let's make this real. You can fight the the tuna cans, fight the tomato cans in boxing if that's what you want. Don't just continue to fight MMA guys when these guys are former wrestlers or former uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu guys, and you're all it is is them. Their their hands are closed, you know. So. Don't don't make your legacy off of taking these guys out. As soon as you fight a real boxer, you're going to have a, you know, I want to say more or less a speech and then kind of retire from the sport. Like this is something that you just entertain for, let's just say, a four- or five-year run. 
I just want to be fair. No, no, kill that man. Say that again. Canelo will kill that man. Well, that's how I feel. Also, I I a hundred percent agree with you. That's why I'm like, climb the ladder how you need to. How all the other boxers did, like whatever cupcake or whatever you need to do is fighting boxing. The first fought, the first fight he fought was up against a cupcake. The guy was, I want to say like two and three. Like he was a boxer, but he had more losses than wins, and he ended up beating him. And then. Then he started fighting all of the, you know, exhibition fights up against. Uh, there was somebody before Nate, or I think Nate might have been the first one. Then Ben Askren and Tyron Woodley twice. If I'm looking at this correctly, I'm going to look at the list. But nevertheless, I just wanted to get that out of the way and uh, move on as best I possibly can because I know we got an interesting amount of games. Not a lot because of what I'll be digging into because I want to kind of give that melee. Um, this is interesting, Sports City, because this is kind of frustrating to me. And it's nothing nobody did here. It's just the way of the world, and we have to kind of live through it. Um, and that's dealing with the uh, the pandemic and fighting through all of this uh, frustrating situation. I, I don't even know how to, like, say it without, like, being, like, mean. or. And I'm not trying to look at this in a mean dynamic. It's just something that's just bothering me. And... Um, the one thing about it is is watching a lot of these sports or teams or however venue you look at it, they're getting decimated by players that can't play. And there's nothing we could do because we want to be as safe as possible. But I'll start with, you know, college football, get to college basketball as best as I can because we have some interesting things going on in the NBA also. I just want to touch on that before I get to the scores, picks, and predictions toward week 15. Um, nevertheless, I'm going to get to some of the games that took place throughout this week. Friday in college football, Middle Tennessee beat Toledo 31-24. to uh, Coastal Carolina also beat Northern Illinois 47-41. to Coastal Carolina finishes their season 11-2. and Saturday, UAB beats BYU. That stunned me because I really thought BYU would beat UAB. Um, 31 to 28 UAB wins that match. Uh, this is the interesting thing about BYU. They've been playing good all season long. I am high on the running back Algier. He is a good runner. Um, I wonder if he does become eligible for the NFL. I think he has the talent to make it happen. Um, I, I just want to see how it happens. But nevertheless, UAB took care of business up against BYU. A lot of people talk about uh, football. Well, I just say it's football for now. Uh, within the mountain or northwest region of the United States, how they don't get a lot of, how do I say, competition out there. And they were ranked 13th in the nation and lost to UAB, who was unranked at the end of the season where they needed that. And that's how a lot of people picked on teams like Boise State or, uh, you know, when Navy was doing good out there also. It's, you know, things like that, like teams that, or Air Force, excuse me, not Navy, uh, when Air Force is doing good out there in that region, it's like they don't get those games, and the, the committee continues to downplay or downgrade what they do. Um, this is the only thing I can say is if, if you're picking on them up until that point, continue to give them games at the early portion of the season that teams have strength that will make their strength and schedule better. But that's probably another conversation for another day. Let me continue the next matchup I have is Louisiana going up against Marshall. They win their matchup 36-21 to uh, in the R&L Carriers New Orleans Bowl. Uh, Western Kentucky, this is the game that Mike talked about. I'll let him get to it while I finish these scores. Uh, they win the game 59-38. to 
up against Appalachian State. Uh, interesting enough, Appalachian State is always a tough team. They are 10-4 and in the season uh, going into that game of 10-3. and And uh, Western Kentucky took care of business. The kid, uh, Zappy, I'll let Mike allude to it when I get to him. His stats are incredible. Um, I'll say the numbers and let Mike get to the rest of the raw stuff. He had uh, he was 33 for 47, uh, threw 422 yards, and had six touchdowns thrown in this game. Uh, the next matchup we have is Fresno State up against UTEP. Fresno State wins their matchup 31 to 24 up against UTEP. Uh, if you if they have one of the more craziest touchdowns, I I, I wish I had a video I could show you. <laughs> the touchdown that happened in this game was incredible. Um, it, it looked like they drew it up. He threw an interception basically on purpose to get the guy to fumble, and the guy was right there to catch it. And I get into the end zone. If you haven't seen it, please watch that one. The next one I have is Liberty going up against Eastern Michigan. They win their matchup 56 to 20. And the last matchup I have for the Saturday runaround was Utah State beating Oregon State 24 to 13 to end the season for the Beavers as well. Utah State finishes the season at 11 and 3. There are games this week uh, that take place. Old Dominion plays Tulsa on Monday. Kent State plays Wyoming on Tuesday. Uh, University of Texas San Antonio plays San Diego State on Tuesday as well. Missouri plays Army on Wednesday. Thursday, North Texas plays Miami. UCF plays Florida. Miami of Ohio, excuse me, in that last game. UCF plays Florida. Friday, Memphis plays Hawaii. And then Saturday, there's a run of games, too. I'm not going to get into the whole spiel of things. But um, your guys' thoughts on how uh, some of these football games have gone down. Uh, Mike, I'll come to you first because I know you were talking about it at the top of the show. Uh, Your thoughts on some of the games and especially the uh, feat that uh, quarterback Zappi out of Western Kentucky had put up uh, in his career or within the season, excuse me. Yeah, so I think that's a – you know, you you never quite know how these bowls are going to turn out with some of these guys. Out, but I think that's a good win for UAB yesterday against BYU. Shout out to Middle Tennessee State. My undergraduate degree is from there, so shout out to the Blue Raiders. But in that same conference, big rivalries of them. Western Kentucky, man, Bailey Zapp, man, broke a couple of big records. Uh, the record that Joe Burrow just set two years ago, 60 touchdown passes in a season. He threw 61. Um, so he eclipsed Joe Burrow's record in one fewer game. And then the other one is total passing yards in a season. He's got 5,900 and some change. The previous record was uh, from a Texas Tech quarterback, B.J. Simmons, in like 2004. So total passing yards and total touchdowns in a season by the Hilltoppers quarterback. So nice records there. And then on top of that, on top of that, uh, Western Kentucky, who's always had a pretty good basketball program, beats Louisville yesterday, uh, you know, one of the, the flagship schools in that state. So a good day for the Western Kentucky uh, fan base as a whole yesterday. Okay. And, Eric, your thoughts on some of the games that were played and also the feat of the quarterback that basically knocked down the single-season feat of what Joe Burrow put up in his national championship run. Uh, yeah, no doubt. Hats off to him. That was a really great uh, game to watch. And, uh, yeah, I'm just uh, eager to see um, if this guy 
can translate to the next level or if he's not getting the credit, you know, that is due because he's not in one of the top divisions, you know, like we always talk about. So that'll be interesting to see, you know, what look, uh, what's his plans for the future and what look he gets uh, on the pro level. But, uh, you know, a shocker to me as well as you, Timeless, was that BYU game, uh, number 12 in the nation, and, uh, you know, um, not able to finish business and finish the season strong. So, but nonetheless, some good bowl games. Uh, we got a lot more to come, some exciting games. I'm really looking forward to one of the big ones, uh, Cincinnati versus Alabama, see if the mighty underdog can uh, take care of business and uh, eliminate Nick Saban in the Crimson Tide. So, um, good year for college football, nonetheless. And that is the one thing that I'm hoping for, Eric. Is um, I, I'm not gonna lie. Like, uh, it's interesting, and I'm caught like a, a deer in the headlights on this situation. It's interesting to see uh, history or legendary stuff happen. So it's like, if I feel a certain way about another team, this is just like the pettiness in me. I gotta admit it. I won't lie. Um, it's kind of like you want to see Nick Saban continue to run a national championship run if it's a team that's like, like, cause I don't like Ohio state just because of what happened in 2002. I'm petty. I'm sorry. So if it's like, if they're playing somebody like that, it's like, I'll go for Nick Saban in that one. Otherwise, if it's a regular team that I don't have any beef with, it's like, let, let, let that settle out how it settles out. Or like me being a fan or an analyst of the situation, I'll call it how I see it. Um, but in this situation, not to say like, I don't like Alabama. I respect them. But for the Cincinnati situation, for them to be able to get back here the way that things ended for them last year, they lost and they all watched that confetti fall in front of them. They're like, we're going to get to where we need to. This is the test that they need. Even though a lot of people don't feel like they're going to be successful in going up against Alabama, it's like if they pulled this off, this would be the ultimate upset. And um, just watching Ritter's career, you know, excel and get better from what it is up to now. And, um, for what, what Luke has been able to do as a coach out there in Cincinnati, if he can get this done, a lot of schools or bigger-name schools than the Bearcats would be gawking at trying to get him out of there because there's not too many teams that have been successful up against Nick Saban, especially in these playoffs. So that's one. Um, and two, the Michigan-Georgia game, I, I just can't wait to see that be played because Michigan has been struggling for years on end, and Georgia has not won a national championship since 1980. That was before I was born. So literally a year before. And it's like if they can actually get rid of Michigan and fight Alabama again, that would be like the rematch they would want, especially the way that Alabama took care of business in the SEC championship. So there's a lot of stuff pegged in front of us within the next couple of weeks that I I truly can't wait for, to be brutally honest. I can't. Um, So with that being Most said. Most Excuse me? The biggest uh, – Bowl game schedule ever as far as the most games, uh, 42 of them, I think, is the total this year. It's 42. Wow. That, that, and that's good Good graces on a lot of the teams that have won. They have to win six games to be bowl eligible. So a lot of these teams weren't just sitting down, laying down, getting beaten up by everybody else. So I give credit to a lot of the teams that went out there and did their job so they could be ready for a bowl game. Uh, and bring more money back to the school. I'm glad that there's NIL and stuff like that to give these kids some, you know, money and notability as well. But um, let me let me point, get finish. They had to create one. Oh. They had to create one more just to uh, just to be able to get them all in. They were eligible. That's that's kind of how that ended up happening. 
That that's awesome. So more teams be successful. More y'all get six wins under your belt to make it even more of an interesting uh, standpoint to put the pressure on a lot of these uh, venues, if you will, uh, to generate money all across the board. I want to see everybody be comfortable. Okay, so top 25 basketball, then I'm going to get into week 15. Uh, Baylor, ranked number one in the nation, beats Oregon 78-70. to um, Duke wins their matchup up against Elon. This is what bothers me about Duke and Coach K, I'm, I'm mad that you're leaving because it's always been that rivalry that just gives me to grip my teeth because you play these punks at the top of the season. It's like, how do you schedule Elon? Like, how? Like, you you are one of the more powerhouse college basketball teams that you play a team like Elon, and it's in Cameron Indoor. Anyway, 87 to 56, <laughs> they win this thing by 31. Um, the next one I have is Purdue going up against Butler. Indiana rivalry, uh, 77 to 48, they blow Butler out. The next one we have is Gonzaga winning their matchup up against 25th ranked Texas Tech, 69 to 55. The next matchup we have is uh, Alabama winning their matchup up against Jacksonville State, 65 to 59. Uh, Kansas wins their matchup up against Stephen F. Austin, 80 to 72. Arizona wins their matchup up against California Baptist, 84 to 60. USC wins their matchup against Georgia Tech, 67-53. Auburn wins their matchup up against St. Louis, 74-70. Houston wins their matchup against Oklahoma State, 72-61. That's an interesting matchup. Houston is still strong from last season. LSU wins their matchup up against Louisiana Tech, 66-57. Providence wins up against UConn, 57-53. And I watched this, people. Um... (laughs) It's already state lines. It's Connecticut and Rhode Island. So it's already like bad vibes. Well, not like bad vibes, but it's always been competitive between the two states outside of just college, like even in football, high school-wise, or things of that nature. I went to school uh, in Rhode Island for college, and, I, of course, you guys know I'm in Connecticut as where I reside and born and raised. So it's interesting to watch that. This was so serious. Now, mind you, the Hurleys aren't from Connecticut and uh, Danny Hurley is the head coach of UConn, and Ed Cooley is the head coach of Providence. Ed Cooley gets a lot of credit for what he does out there. Uh, Providence as an African-American coach, uh, definitely one of the overlooked coaches. Um, nevertheless, these two were literally about to fight during the game. <laughs> like, the coaches, it got so bad that the refs had to separate these two to the point where they basically were told to go shake hands and calm that down. They literally had to shake hands and say, okay, they were sorry, and move past that. Epic stuff happening right here in Connecticut. Um, this game took place in Hartford, but they had the whole floor lit up like Mohegan Sun, so I think Mohegan Sun had actually sponsored that. And people that don't know Mohegan Sun, that's the casino out here. Nevertheless, let me continue on. Kentucky, I, I, Eric, I'm sorry. They blew out North Carolina 98-69. to um, Coach Cal, Coach Cal, I hope you're turning the corner. That's one. I'll, I'll say that, Coach Cal. I hope you're turning the corner because this is an interesting blowout. North Carolina, yep. Hubert Davis. I don't know what you are up to, but it's not. It doesn't look good. Not just this game. Out of the gate, North Carolina is not done well. They were ranked. They fell out of the ranking. With this type of loss, it's going to be hard for them to get back there. Unless they, I really want to say, if they pull a string of like three wins. They'll probably have to win the first two this week. If they play two games this week, uh, I don't know if they'll have a second game because Christmas is coming. Uh, but they'll have to at least get like a three-game winning streak going for the committee to start looking at them. This is a very bad loss for you right now, Hubert. 
and a lot of people question you upon entering, especially with the entrance speech. Uh, Xavier takes care of business up against Marquette, 80 to 71. Hofstra upsets Arkansas, 89 to 81 in Arkansas at that. Uh, and there's a ton of cancellations uh, within the top 25 uh, due to the COVID situation. The, the health protocols are basically halting these guys from playing. And this is so unfortunate and bothers me because we have to be safe. And um, I don't know what we're going to do. Um, the crazy part is, is within the NBA also we have some of these health protocols as well uh, in which the Brooklyn Nets are down without megastar Kevin Durant. He is now in the health protocol situation as well. So it's like where do they go here also? There's a couple of teams that are going through these situations in which the Hornets had to battle back while LaMelo Ball and several players were out. They were bringing G League players up. It, it's just so tough to make these uh, situations turn around. But any of the uh, college basketball games, before we get to more and uh, feeding people around here, I'll, I'll come to you first, Eric. Your thoughts on the college basketball thing, uh, whether some of the scores or teams, or if you want to talk about your boys out of Chapel Hill, I'll let you get after it. Uh, yeah, Timeless, something is going to have to change there. So, uh, you know, we had high hopes this season in North Carolina, but uh, – like you, that that uh, that was a head-scratching entrance speech by uh, Hubert Davis, nonetheless. So, um, but you know, I'm going to get off North Carolina for a minute and give uh, hats off to my other team, um, USC. They're not my main team in college basketball, but that is my home state college, nonetheless. So it's always good to see them doing good. They're off to a hot hot start at 12 and 0. So, uh, hats off to them. And college basketball is one of my favorite times of the year one of my favorite sports to watch. So I'm, I'm excited to see it, and it's going to be another good year. Okay, and Mike, how about you? Your thoughts on at least the top 25 that went down, uh, and your thoughts on some of the games and how we're dealing with a lot of this stuff uh, across the board? So because of the rivalry, I always like to see Arkansas lose. Uh, Eric Musselman kind of lost his temper a little bit. Uh, earlier in the season, like a week or so ago, against Oklahoma, and it looks like his woes are continuing a little bit uh, with this recent loss yesterday. And then LSU Tigers, baby, 11-0. and uh, mm-hmm. And listen, that Louisiana Tech team that they beat yesterday is a decent basketball team. That's uh, very possibly a tournament team. And this is a road win, a second uh, neutral site win for – LSU against a, a caliber opponent. So these are the kind of games that they kind of build the resume. We'll see once they get into conference action how good they really are. But an 11-0 start for LSU, man. Go Tigers in every sport, bro. So I'm uh, I'm excited to see that. And, you know, as, it's just interesting as this thing continues to open up, you know, you, you just keep hoping that people take care of themselves over the holidays and do the things that we have to do so our season doesn't get shortened. I mean, it was just two years ago, you know, that during those conference tournaments and everything else, that's when people started pulling the plugs across the board, you know what I'm saying, like on a lot of different things, and then we didn't get to see March Madness and all that. So I implore all athletes, man, like, please, like, all you got to do is look at the uh, – the headlines and see that we're not out of the woods and all this stuff, man. So practice all the all the safety measures and things that you have to practice, man, so to allow us to be able to keep sports going. 
Okay, so we will check more into this situation uh, that we just spoke about. Again, there was a, a quick list of games that went down. NBA, I want to get into the NFL as best as possible because we had a game that just went down uh, Thursday and also Saturday uh, before we started going through the games that are taking place today. So NBA Rockets beat the Pistons. Somehow, some way, they are slowly turning this thing around, making it interesting. They are now at 10-20. and 20. But the Rockets were one of the slow starters this season. They're playing without their star rookie, Jalen Green, as well. The Celtics beat the Knicks 114-107. to The Magic beat the Nets 193, in which, just like I mentioned at the top of the situation, Kevin Durant is out along with several other players due to health protocol. They were out there without Harden and Kevin Durant. Patty Mills is like the more notable player, for Brooklyn, in which David Duke Jr. led them in scoring and rebounding. Uh, he had 18 points and 14 rebounds. The Raptors take care of business up against the Warriors, 119 to 100 in a blowout. People don't fret. People don't fret. <laughs> the Warriors rested everybody. Everybody sat out. Everybody. Steph Curry, Draymond Green, uh, Poole, all of the big names you could think of, Steve Kerr sat in Canada. The next matchup, I love this one. The Thunder win this matchup 104 to 103 up against the Clippers. People, if you did not hear or see this situation, Shea Gilgis Alexander hits a buzzer beater uh, from the label on the right wing. Uh, basically, a step back off of Batum. Batum basically just kept running toward the rim, thought that he was going to, you know, go to the rim and tie it up. He pulls up from three and hits a, a great shot to win the game especially after losing the last game up against New Orleans after he hit a buzzer beater with a a second and 1.3 on the clock. And Devontae Graham, he's a 61-foot three and hits it to win the game at the buzzer for real. Uh, The Cleveland Cavaliers blow out, and I mean blow out, the Milwaukee Bucks, the defending champions, 119-90, but nevertheless, Giannis is out due to health protocol. Due to the COVID, this is the same thing I'm telling you about. And last but not least, the last game across the board, the Wizards uh, beat the Jazz 109 to 103. The Wizards are making this a very interesting season. Uh, a game above 516 and 15 on the season. Um, anything else you guys would like to mention toward the NBA uh, games from yesterday as we look toward Week 15 NFL football? Yeah, how about a shout-out to the Cleveland Cavaliers? What a season they're oh having. God. I mean, they're yes, sir. unbelievable. And uh, it's sad to see that Colin Sexton is going to be out for the season because this is a team with him, especially on this roster. I mean, this team has a chance to do some damage. So, But nonetheless, hats off to them. They're playing great basketball right now. Right. Um, this is incredible because, I am not going to lie to you. I thought that this was going to be a situation where they struggled not only with this scenario, but uh, Kevin Love wanted out. There was like even the play that he did last year, I thought that they were going to get rid of him. They played the Raptors. He threw the ball inbound nowhere near a, a Cavalier player, and the Raptors picked it up and scored a bucket, and he didn't even care where the ball went or played defense. He just wanted out. He's still there, and they're still successful. I have to give them a ton of credit on what's going on right now while they're dealing with injury, dealing with a whole bunch of youth, and they're successful in the Eastern Conference. I have to give the Cavaliers their just due. Um, Mike, is there anything that you'd like to say before we get away from this and start talking about the games today and the games previous to uh, today also? 
Yeah, man, I, I just I hate to see all these. Uh, I hate to see how many different people are missing, and uh, you know we're, we're we're starting to get into like fifteen percent of the league. Uh, but uh, you know, shout out Washington Wizards is playing uh, fairly good basketball as well. So it's interesting to see some of these teams trying to, in the words of old Stuart Scott, uh, God rest his soul, rise up a little bit uh, in, mm-hmm. uh, in the association. Okay. So we will start digging into these games in which, let me go over the first game that took place on Thursday night. Uh, We had the Kansas City Chiefs go up against the Chargers in which they were in Los Angeles in SoFi. Uh, This game went to overtime. They went to game 34-28 to in which there was a late score by Travis Kelsey that iced and sealed the deal. Um, this is interesting because I, I don't know if people know this or not. No team has swept the Chiefs in the AFC West, and I, I think it's over like five or six years. They have not been swept. And the, the Chargers had already taken care of business because they did it in Arrowhead at the start of the season. So I feel like it gave them a bit of confidence to get it done now. And um, they were taking care of business within the game, and then here comes the – the Lamborghinis and the pickup trucks of the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, the Lamborghini, I'm, I'm calling uh, Tyreek Hill, uh, and the pickup truck is, is Travis Kelsey. Travis, listen to Travis Kelsey. This is this is a tight end, y'all. These are numbers that a receiver should have. Ten receptions, 191 yards, and two touchdowns. The one was the walk-off touchdown. You got to be kidding me. You got this is the tight end. Um, this is one thing I'm worried about with the Chiefs is when it's contract time for not only Travis Kelsey but also Tyreek Hill to keep that offense as powerful. I feel like they're going to have to come to the table with Mahomes as best as possible to appease everybody. Like that's the only way I see it fitting. Or there's going to be some teams that rip them out of Kansas City that throw them money that they don't even need to throw that much money at. They'll just get them away from him. And uh, this is something I've been talking about week in and week out because, you know, teams are, organizations are petty like that to try to rip teams up. So um, that that happened Thursday night. Uh, yesterday, this was a shocker to me, shocker. Um, I feel like the Colts could have won this game. Nevertheless, they won by double digits. The Colts win this game 27-17, to 17, um, in which Mack had an interesting day. He threw for 299 yards passing. He had two touchdowns, also had turned the ball over as well. Jonathan Taylor is the story of the league right now after uh, Derrick Henry got hurt. Uh, He's leading the league in rushing yards. He put up 170 yards rushing on the Patriots, uh, in which uh, the Patriots are better at pass defense. But you know Bill Belichick knows how to, like, take their best weapon away, and he wasn't able to do it within this game. So that's one thing that kind of has me, uh, you know, thinking about what's going on with the Patriots right now. Uh, does it start to slow down for them? Because usually the Patriots pick up steam in the month of November and December. But this loss is, is pretty interesting at the time, even though it did take place in Indianapolis. So I give the Colts that kind of edge. Uh, I'll come to you first on this one, Mike. Your thoughts on both of those games, Thursday night and Friday. I, I mean, excuse me, Thursday and Saturday, uh, how the Chiefs won this game late in overtime up against the Chargers and how the Colts took care of business up against the hot Patriots and stopping their winning streak. Yeah, so I I thought that was a very very entertaining Thursday night game. You know, I've gone on record a few times uh, this year and in past seasons of saying that sometimes the Thursday night games 
a really ugly football, but this was a very, very well played, uh, very good Sunday night game. Couple teams, both teams had turnovers late, uh, but both teams really fought to the end that game going into overtime. That's a good Chargers football team, man. And uh, Justin Herbert um, is looking to continue, is looking uh, pretty good as he's continuing to develop as a quarterback in this league. And then, as far as the the Colts and and Patriots go, I think that block punt also made a huge difference. Um, in that game last night, I made a bet in the barbershop that I believe that uh, the Patriots will still end up playing football longer in the season um, than the Colts. But, man, uh, we've talked about it in this space a couple times already this, this season, but Jonathan Taylor is really starting to round out into a into a very, very good NFL running back and good on the Colts. Like I, I feel like that was a much – like a definite must-win for the Colts in order to even stay in playoff contention because the Colts uh, lost paired with a Tennessee win over the Steelers today would have clinched that division for the Titans. Um, I still think the Titans have the inside tracks for that division, but this puts the Colts squarely in the wild card race and puts pressure on um, the rest of that NFC North and, and West and, and even the Buffalo Bills to, to continue to try to win to uh, keep pace because the, the Colts with that beating that they gave the Bills a few weeks ago, um, you know they would uh, they would take the tiebreaker above them. So uh, I felt like the Colts had to have it and they got it. Okay, Eric, your thoughts on the the Chiefs up against the Chargers, and also your thoughts on the game that took place last night with the Colts uh, defending their house up against the Patriots. Yeah, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs are turning it on at the right time. They now, uh, you know, lead in the AFC. They got the number one seed. So uh, they're starting to look like the Chiefs that we're accustomed to. Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, and Mahomes, they're all three back, and that game showed. Um, Hats off to Justin Herbert. Uh, He's thrown 60-plus touchdowns already in his first two years. So, I mean, this guy's going to be a star in this league for a long time. So, uh and the Chiefs and the Chargers are going to be battling it for years to come for that AFC West title. And uh, with the Patriots, hey, the seven-game winning streak, I think they'll be fine. Uh, they made a lot of mistakes in this game, still had a chance to win it. Uh, came back late, but uh, Jonathan Taylor, what a surprise he's been this year. Um, and he's carrying the Colts right now, and the Colts are uh, also turning it on the second half of the season to uh, try to make a playoff run. Um Two great games. Enjoyed them both, but uh, Patriots will be fine out there, folks. They'll they'll get it together. They got Bill Belichick, and he'll right the ship. That's the one thing that I am concerned about with the Patriots is um, they know that the Bills are behind them. They beat the Bills the first game in Buffalo. If the Bills win today, I think they're a half game back. They make it even more interesting because they end up meeting the week after. So, it sets up for even more of a dynamic week going into Christmas, uh, seeing how the AFC East can be won. Even though the Patriots have dominated that division for the past 20-plus seasons, one of the seasons with the Buffalo, uh, which was last season. And I felt like at the turning of the, you know, the coin or the, the change of the guard was happening because Brady left and you got a new young gun in Allen and, um, Allen was not strongly success, uh, successful within the season uh, with all of the, you know, MVP gratitude that they were showing him. Um, he's starting to fall apart, but actually picked it back up uh, as of recent. But we will see. 
uh, as this, this continues to go on. But I, I want to see if they end up winning this game. And speaking of which, I'm going to start this thing off. The first game <laughs> that is in front of me, and I did not do this by design. I did not. The Carolina Panthers are going to Buffalo up against the Buffalo Bills, in which the Bills have been struggling. The Bills are favored by 14 points in this game. I will come right back to you, Eric, your thoughts on this game. Panthers or Bills in Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park in New York. Who do you like and why? If you want to play with the spreads, you can. Uh, yeah, and, and I'm definitely going to say I, I would probably take the spread here. Um, I'm going with Buffalo to win this game and get back in the win column, but they've been uh, playing way too inconsistent. Their offense has looked lackluster out there, but nonetheless, I definitely think uh, they're going to beat the Panthers. The Panthers, we all see what's happening with them. They're inconsistent. They got Cam Newton back, had a great game against Arizona, and just a lot of turnovers, mistakes, and and we got big problems in Carolina, folks. But, uh, yeah, I look for Buffalo to win today. I would definitely uh, go against that spread, though. That's that's a little much. Okay. Uh, Mike, your thoughts on this game? Who do you like and why? Are you giving or taking the 14 points? You know, that spread makes me really, really nervous. That's a lot of points in the NFL game. Uh, you know, Cam Newton is 0-11 in his last 11 starts as a Carolina Panthers quarterback. Uh, so um, I think the Bills definitely win the game. I, I feel like uh, as best as possible, I think the Bills are going to try to do everything they can to to play huge and maybe even try to do as much as as cover if they, if they can at all because I think you're trying to make a statement in this game. That is a lot of points. I haven't seen a lot from this Carolina offense. Um, but yeah, when I see that many points, I'm usually thinking that, um, that they're not going to cover it. Um, but, but I'm going to go against the grain here and say the Bills find a way to win and cover this 14 today. I agree. I'm going with the Bills and I feel like they'll cover the 14 as much as I try my best to support Cam Newton because of he's more outspoken. He's more flamboyant. Uh, his presence is not appealing to a lot of people. I just want to see him out there playing ball because he's a dynamic quarterback because he can run. He's a oversized quarterback, uh, very athletic, 6'6", over 240, 250 pounds and rip, right? But he can't really throw the ball great. Uh, he's not consistent or accurate. Um, this is troubling for me as watching him go back home to the Panthers. I feel like if it's not this season, Cam Newton's career will probably be over next year. I, I don't see him in the league long. Um, he's going back home. I, I know that Christian McCaffrey isn't there for him. Christian McCaffrey is now injury prone and can't play for the remainder of the season. So I'm wondering if they uh, Coach Rule gives him a shot to stick around to try to work with him or if they go with another quarterback, which I, I don't know which way they'll end up going because they played this game with Cam before. Um, but, again, I, I, I just feel bad because it didn't work out uh, in New England. Uh, due to the COVID situation and the way that they started the season, it looked like Cam was going to be up there. They went with Mac Jones, and Mac is doing a good job there as a rookie. And it's like, what if Cam was there to help him or be in scenarios where they needed a scramble or something like that, and it didn't work. And now you see why Belichick may have pulled the trigger on getting rid of him because he had that one game against Arizona as a stunner, and nothing has gone the Panthers' way since. So we will see 
at least I feel like if he doesn't get better, if he doesn't pick up a win today, which this 14-point spread is not favoring him, um, I, don't, I wonder how the season closed out. Like, like he's had games where they played the football team going up against Rivera, and they lost that game when they came out strong. But we will see. The next matchup we have are the Arizona Cardinals going into Detroit up against the Lions, uh, in which the Cardinals are favored 12.5. This dropped a point after hearing the news that DeAndre Hopkins is out for the remainder of the regular season. If the Cardinals continue to run the table, he can be back as of the NFC Championship and Super Bowl. But he, he has a tear and it's a, a ligament, so it's like, how could he play? Like, I want to see how severe this is or what they're up to. The over-under is 48. This is a very stunning line and spread for this type of game in which uh, Kyler Murray was hobbled in the last game that they played also. This is very interesting. I, I don't know. I will go first on this one. I still feel the Cardinals will win this game, but I, if I was the line, I'd take the 12 and a half if I was going up against the line. I wouldn't. I don't want to mess with this game at all. Um I feel like the Lions can put some shock value to this game, but Swift is out, TJ Hawkinson is out, uh, two of their more dynamic players. This is going to be tough for them to make this happen due to the uh, the protocol situation. There's a ton of players out, and a lot of people are complaining why they never do this for the Lions uh, when, you know, the protocol or issues fight around with COVID while they are moving games across the schedule to keep them tight. But I want to see how you guys feel about it. I'll come to you first on this one, Mike. Cardinals or Lions in Detroit? The spread is 12.5. The over-under is at 48. I like the Cardinals to win. I like the Lions to uh, cover the points. I don't know how, but I just feel like somehow, some way, uh, the Lions cover. As far as over-under, I feel like 48 is a lot of points in this game. Uh, uh, if I had to pick, I would say under, but I don't feel real confident about that, but I, I like the Cardinals to win and the Lions to cover. Eric, your thoughts on this game? Cardinals or Lions, who do you like and why? Twelve and a half is the line. Uh, I definitely like uh, the Lions here, or the Cardinals, sorry, gentlemen. And uh, I, I think they will cover the spread due to the fact that the Lions are missing their best weapon in Hawkinson today. They don't have Swift out there, so I don't think they're going to be able to get too much offense going. And, uh, you know, the Cardinals still have a lot of weapons. Uh, James, Con- James Conner is playing really well. Rondell Moore, A.J. Green is, uh, you know, started to play like uh, we saw him playing in, in uh, Cincinnati. And Christian Kirk is their leading receiver all year. So, and you can't forget about Zach Ertz. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a blow for Hopkins to be out there. Not to be out there, but uh, this team just has a lot of weapons that they can beat you with. So, And I look for the Cardinals to roll today. Okay, the next match that we have are the New York Jets up against the Miami Dolphins, in which the Dolphins are favored by 10.5 at home at Hard Rock Stadium. I'll come to you first on this one. Mike, who do you like, the Jets or the Dolphins? Mike, are you with us? They might maybe have a technical difficulty. Eric, can you hear me? Yes, uh, I like the Dolphins in this one, Timeless. Uh, they had a bye week. They've been playing good football. They've won three of their last four. And uh, Tua, he's starting to uh, you know play like the quarterback that they drafted and what we thought could come out of him. He's uh, 
emerging nice. They got Miles Gaskin, uh, Jalen Waddle has been playing good, Devontae Parker, and Mike Gisecki. I really like their uh, three receivers they got there, and uh, I think the Dolphins continue their winning ways today. I agree. Okay, so is there anything that you would like to elaborate on that, Mike, or? Uh, no, I mean I think the 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 Jets are, have been kind of the get right game for a lot of teams this year. That you know the Saints kind of got right very briefly a week ago. Uh, with the Jets, they just I mean they're just kind of hapless right now, man. And so uh, the Dolphins have been playing well, so they don't need to get right. But this is their kind of stay right game for at least one more week. Okay. Uh... If I did not say it, I'm going with the Dolphins also. Um, that ten and a half is a lot. I feel like the Jets may make this a game. I do. Um, I think this is too big of a rivalry. The Jets and Dolphins always go at it. Even though I feel like the Dolphins are the stronger team, I feel like uh, something weird could happen that makes this stay within a one-score game. I, I go with the Jets uh, with the spread, but I feel the Dolphins will win at home. An interesting NFC East matchup, another big line. The Cowboys come to New Jersey up against the New York Giants. The spread is 11-and-a-half. The over-under that 44. Very interesting. Um, I will go with the Cowboys for sure. I think they do cover, especially with all of the injury issues that the Giants are dealing with. Uh, I'll come to you first on this one. Mike, your thoughts on this game? Who do you like and why? The Cowboys or the Giants, this takes place in MetLife Stadium in Jersey. I think the Cowboys will win. The question is how impressively will they win? Uh, Dak Prescott has has really kind of been struggling compared to the way he was playing early in the in the year. So, what I will say is this is a game for him. If if there is a game to get right, uh, this is it to sort of uh, start to get things back on track going down the home stretch of the season. We'll see if he's able to do so. I think the Cowboys will win. I don't know how stylish it will be, and so that that's what I'm I'm curious to see, you know, uh, what that team looks like today. I think they do enough to win, but do they win impressively? We'll find out. Okay, Eric, your thoughts on this matchup? Cowboys or Giants takes place in New Jersey. Who do you like and why? Uh, yeah, I agree with Mike here. Uh, I think the Cowboys are going to win. Uh, the Giants are, you know, have too many injuries they're dealing with. But uh, Dak Prescott, he's been playing extremely inconsistent. He's got a bunch of weapons out there. This is an offense that started off hot, one of the top in the NFL. And there's way too many uh, weapons that the Cowboys have uh, to be barely eking out games the last few weeks. So, uh, you know, they almost lost to Washington. They obviously gave – enough just to get that win, but, uh, you know, they're going to have problems playing against uh, top NFC teams with the way Dak Prescott is playing. So 211 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions last game against the Washington football team. And uh, I, I think they win, but I'm not sure they're going to cover that spread. Okay, we do have Aaron in the building. Welcome to the brunch. How are you feeling this afternoon on the East Coast? Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good. It's a pleasure to be here with you guys this evening. Uh, your thoughts on this game, Cowboys or Giants? Who do you like and why? You know, gentlemen, 
I don't know which Cowboys team is going to show up. I don't know which Giants team is going to show up, to be perfectly honest with you. Like, I can make the case for either team winning this ballgame. Uh, but for the sake of not wasting too many people's time, I am going to roll with the Cowboys. I just think that ultimately it comes down to whose defense is playing significantly better um, and who has the more weapons at their disposal, whether they're being used correctly or not. You know, you can't roll out a Dak Prescott, a Amari Cooper, a C.D. Lamb, uh, and company and not get the job done versus a division opponent that is literally playing replacement players at, at key positions. So give me the Cowboys to win this ball game. But like everybody said, as I was waiting, I'm not too sure how pretty it's going to be, but a win's a win at the stage of the game. Okay. The next matchup I will save Aaron for last until he just got here. The Tennessee Titans go to Pennsylvania in Heinz Field up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I will go to you first, Eric. Your thoughts on this matchup, the Titans versus the Steelers. This is an, a very interesting matchup in which the Steelers are at 500. They could push to get a game over 500. The Titans are playing interesting ball, winning and losing some games, uh, adding piece by piece. Uh, do you feel like the Titans could go in there and steal this, or do you think the Steelers could actually keep Roethlisberger relevant to get to a postseason appearance? Well, Timeless, I would like to say that the Steelers can pull it off. You know, uh, other than Najee Harris, uh, no one's been consistent on the offense for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So uh, I definitely think uh, Titans are going to have what it takes to win today. Uh, they're getting some uh, good play out of Dante Foreman, and uh, you know they've they've been getting a, a lot of unsung heroes to help Tannehill out with Swaim and uh, Westbrook, and we'll see if Julio Jones can get his first touchdown of the year today, which I think he will, and the Titans will win a close game and continue their run for the playoffs. Okay, uh, Mike, your thoughts on this game? Who do you like, Titans or Steelers? I like the Steelers at home today. Um, I think that this will be a very competitive ball game. I don't know what that last Thursday night game was. They got way behind. I think it was 29 to nothing or something. I like the life that they showed to try to get back into that game. Uh, you know, Dalvin Cook uh, stepped on their neck and, and, you know, took care of business at the very end of that game and, and won it, but I thought they showed some life and and bouncing back last week, and I think the Steelers may find a way to win this football game at home today. Okay, I actually agree. I'm going with the Steelers to win this game. Um, I'm not a believer of Tannehill. Uh, as much as I want to see Julio go out there and do work, Julio has to prove to me that he still has it. Have uh, has some of that in his tank. And um, Roethlisberger, I, I've been a fan since Miami, Ohio. I can't stand the Steelers, but I do give you a ton of respect for what you've been able to do. I at least want to see you go to the postseason, but you have to make these throws, Ben. You have to make these throws. I'm I'm sorry. It's like I have a fantasy. It hasn't worked out. I've been sticking with this guy because I know as soon as I let him go, you're going to try and light him up, and that's Chase Claypool. Some odd reason they can't connect all season long, and it's like this guy is dynamic. And he's not been able to have like a double-digit score fantasy at all. And this this guy works out with Randy Moss in the offseason. It's like you got a Moss caliber player with you, not calling him Randy, but he works out with him. So it's like try to give this guy the opportunities, Ben. 
so you guys can be successful. And I'm I'm also a Najee Harris fan too. I think that they could play that ball control game if they run this well. And I never question Mike Tomlin at all. I support him day in and day out as much as he can do. So I will also give the leg up to the Steelers. Uh, Aaron, the Titans or the Steelers, who do you like? You said something different in Vegas. Did the tune change or what? Uh, Here's the thing. I said it sitting there with you at the table, man. I I mean, it wouldn't shock me if we lost this ballgame. It really wouldn't. We are the worst team against stopping the run on, on, on defense. Um, we are Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde Bunch. I don't give a damn if it's on the road or at home. Um, you know, so I, it wouldn't shock me. I'm going to pick Pittsburgh to win it because this is more of a heart pick. But nothing would surprise me more than to see us go out there and lay an egg in front of our home fans um, in a position where we're able to can literally control our own destiny. You know, we play well down the stretch. We put ourselves in position to be in playoff contention. Um, so, but again, nothing would shock me more. The Tennessee Titans team is opportunistic. They take on the identity of their coach, Mike Rabel. And even though Ryan Tannehill, you know, is not the Ryan Tannehill of old, it, it doesn't matter. We can't get off the field on third down. We can't stop the run. And Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill is mobile. Justin Herbert ran for damn near 100 yards two weeks ago. You know what I'm saying? Kirk Cousins was moving around, getting around, you know, making first downs with his legs on last Thursday night. You need to tell me that this ain't a copycat league and, you know, Ryan Tannehill is looking at his shops out there right now. We don't know if T.J. Watt's going to be able to play a full game or half a game. We get Joe Hayden back, but, you know, who who cares? We can't stop the fucking run. We can't stop the run. So, it is what it is. You know, Malik's Malik's mad at me because I'm picking against the Steelers, but it is what it is, man. I mean, I think we'll win the ball game, but I'm not happy with my squad right now. I mean, you you you, you cursing in front of him, man. I'm trying to make sure my nephew all right. Malik, blink your eyes if you need help. Just tell me. I, I'll come and get you. Blink your eyes. That's all. Just blink. Don't don't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let me keep it moving. Best as I can. Okay, so we have the Houston Texans in a great game down there in the state of Florida. They take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. This is a very interesting matchup because this is the Jaguars' life after Urban Meyer. I wanted to talk about him, but I don't know if we have enough time to. Um, I didn't know that this was happening during a game that he was actually kicking their punter or kicker. I think it's the punter that he was kicking. And there were so many things that were happening within the season that had Urban Meyer make me question him. And the fact of the matter, I'm going to be brutally honest, Sports City, Lord forgive me for I know not what I do. I did not think he deserved the head coaching job in the NFL. Over so many different coaches that had the opportunity to try to turn his organization around, he's more of a college coach. He was giving up on college players while his stars left. So just imagine him on a team that doesn't perform well historically and getting a rookie quarterback and not getting a turnover out of Trevor Lawrence, you know. So this is how I felt about Urban Meyer, but nevertheless, this is the way that they felt. And Shad Khan, the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, said that he's been looking or mulling the situation of getting rid of him a while ago. And I was looking at it like when he – I think they they lost against Cleveland. I'm not sure what it was, but they were in Ohio. They lost the game. He went to his bar out there in Ohio and basically was – you know, going at it with a younger lady while he's married. So it's like right after the game, you did one of the more senseless situations. Are you focused on coaching 
or just living your life getting more million-dollar contracts. That's the one thing that I look at. But back to the situation of this game, I'll go first in this matter. I think Jacksonville does win this game at home, uh, trying to build off of losing their coach. Uh, and I, I feel like with uh, Trevor Lawrence coming out making a statement saying now the team can focus more, I think they could take advantage of this opportunity with both of these teams sitting at 2-11 and 11 in the AFC South. I'll come to you first on this one, Mike. Your thoughts, Texans or Jaguars? The line is at five and a half. So I think it was uh, the the Cincinnati game. And I think, didn't they, was that one of the two games they won against Cincinnati? I'm not sure. But, yeah, either way, you're right. Uh, about a senseless act uh, by Urban Meyer. And so good riddance to bad rubbish. Let's get him out of there. And now he's gone. I agree with you, though. Uh, you know, Houston beat Jacksonville to start the season. Um, I think usually when you have two bad teams like this, they find a way to split. So I'm going to say Jacksonville does find a way to win today. Sirius, who do you like in this matchup, Texans or Jaguars? Sirius loves the Texans. <laughs> uh, he, he may be he might be fighting with my nephew. My nephew trying to get out that that situation. I'm trying to tell you, I'll come and get you, Malik. Don't worry, I'll come and get you. I'll get you out there. Don't worry. Um, Eric, your thoughts on this matchup, Texans or Jaguars? Who do you like and why? Uh, like you, timeless. Uh, this guy shouldn't. I I would have picked uh, Eric Benemy. You know what I mean? I think he uh, deserved a shot as head coach, and I think uh, Jacksonville just went with uh, shock value in the name. But uh, this guy has no business being a coach, period. Um, we all saw the stuff he did in college. I mean, like you said, giving up on players. And, uh, you know, what he did with the Jaguars. Instead of getting confidence and, and being a team and, and being that leader, you're degrading people all the time. You're kicking your uh, kicker, saying, oh, you better make these kicks. And then you're calling all your uh, assistant coaches losers. And to show them your resume to back up that you aren't a loser. So this is a bad problem. Uh, It's extremely toxic, especially when you have a young team. Uh, They get demoralized. Uh, James Robinson, one of their best offensive weapons they have, he never used them. So uh, I look for him to get a lot of action today, and the Jaguars start gaining some confidence and uh, get in the win column. Okay, we, we are having a little difficulty in the DMV area. Uh, Sirius, just let me know when it calms down and give me your pick on the Texans and Jaguars. The next matchup I have are the 4 o'clock. The Bengals take on the Broncos. I'll go first on this one. This is a tough one. I'm going to go with Cincinnati, though. I'll go with Cincinnati on the road. In Colorado, the Broncos are favored by three. That's why I said it's tough. I, I still feel like Burrow should be able to get it done up against the Broncos defense. They both are sitting at 7-6. Seven and six. Uh, we will go from there. Um, your thoughts on this one? And Sirius just sent me a message and saying that he's going with the Jaguars as well. Uh, Mike, I'll come to you on this one. Your thoughts? Bengals or Broncos? Who do you like and why? I'm going to agree with you on the Bengals in this game. I just think they probably have the more explosive offense. Um, Denver may have the edge on the defensive side of the ball. But I think the Bengals are a little bit more explosive offensively, and they should have enough to get this done. 
Okay, Eric, your thoughts on this matchup? Bengals or the home team for you, the Broncos? Who do you like and why? Well, I like the Bengals here as well, um, just because you never know what Bronco team is going to show up uh, for week, you know, each week. And uh, the Bengals are coming off that tough loss in overtime, uh, coming back and getting that game into overtime, having a chance to win. So they're hungry, and uh, the both teams are fighting for their playoff lives. So uh, this is a must-win for both teams. But I just think, uh, like Mike just touched on, there's too many weapons on the Bengals' offense to, for the Broncos to stop. Okay, Sears, let me know what you want to do on this pick also, Bengals and Broncos. Um, the next matchup at 4 o'clock I have are the Atlanta Falcons going to California up against the San Francisco 49ers. This game takes place in Santa Clara. Uh, Sirius also just sent me another message saying that he's going with Cincinnati in the matchup as well. So I will leave Eric for last. Michael, your thoughts on this one, the Falcons or the Niners? The Niners are favored by eight and a half. I'm going to take the Niners, man. They've really been showing me something very physical uh, last week. I just think they're a more physical, more complete team. They're also playing at home, I guess. But uh, the Niners are better than the Falcons, man, and I think they showed on the scoreboard today. Okay, I agree. I'm going with the Niners at home. That eight and a half is pretty questionable. I feel like the Falcons will make this a game, but I feel like the Niners should win it. They are in a historical situation. I don't know if people know this. The uh, the Niners have Debo Samuel as a receiver and a running back, similar to what Cordero Patterson is doing for the Falcons, the team that they're playing. Uh, Debo Samuel could actually lead the team in rushing touchdowns and receiving touchdowns. This is very interesting. Um, Debo, I'm cheering for you to get it done. I want to see that feat happen if if we can. That's almost like how when I grew up, because my brother's a diehard Niner fan, I mean really bad, and he used to scream, Roger Craig, high knees, and him and Tom Raffman, and just knowing how Roger Craig used to receive the ball out the backfield too and as dynamic as he was back in those days, and I had to watch it like, I can't stand the Niners. My brother's like, you're going to watch the game with me. So I just know how this is. Um, So I want to see this happen. I'm going Niners. I don't know if they cover the eight and a half. It's a mystery, but if I had to, I think the Falcons keep this interesting. Um, Sirius also sent me a message saying that he's going with the Niners. Eric, your thoughts? Falcons or your boys at home? How does this go down? Uh, Yeah, I'm also going with the Niners here. You know, we're missing Elijah Mitchell, but like you just touched on, hey, Debo Samuel, he'll do it all for our offense. George Kittle has been playing like his former self. Brandon Ayuk is back in the game. Uh, playing like his former self. Uh, and then we got Juice, of course, one of the top fullbacks in the NFL, making plays on the offensive side of the ball. And, uh, you know, although the Niners are dealing with some uh, defensive injury issues, I think they get it done today. And, you know, I, I, I think they get it done. I think they could win by 10, but I think it's going to be like a seven-point win for them today. Atlanta, uh, Atlanta will definitely uh, – make it interesting because they're fighting for their playoff lives as well. Vegas is up yeah, to that's true. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm looking at the line, yeah. man. Vegas is playing with me right now. So talk talk about it real quick so I can get away from it. Now, honestly, gentlemen, I apologize. Little man was hungry. I had to get him some chicken nuggets. 
But uh, honestly, for me, man, this 49ers team, it's interesting to try to predict uh, what they're going to get accomplished. I mean, for me, um, I do believe they win this ballgame. I do believe that they are the better team. Uh, Atlanta, you don't know what type of Atlanta team you're going to honestly get here. Um, But both these teams kind of mirror each other, so to speak, you know, with the running back playing, wide receiver and the wide receiver playing running back, and uh, they want to run the football and – uh, both quarterbacks are kind of been in trade talks and rumors and things of that nature. So, for me, this is a get-right game uh, for either team. I honestly believe that Atlanta can win this ball game, uh, but I've seen Atlanta put themselves in positions too many times and then throw up on themselves, so to speak. So, again, as I said previously, I'm going to pick the Niners to win it, but this is going to be an interesting ball game to kind of watch it for this. Okay, and the biggest game of the afternoon, at least to me, we have the Green Bay Packers going to Baltimore up against the Ravens. I think the Packers need this game more than ever to stay atop the NFC right now. The Packers are favored by nine in Baltimore. Um, This is scary for me. I'll throw this one around. Mike, your thoughts on this game, Packers or Ravens? The Packers are favored by nine in Baltimore. Who do you like and why? I like the Packers, but I think that's a lot of points um, at Baltimore. So I'm going to take the Packers to win, especially with the uncertainty at the quarterback position for the Baltimore Ravens right now. Um, so I'll, I'll take the Packers, and I'll take the Ravens to cover the. Okay. Eric, your thoughts on this game? Packers or Ravens, who do you like and why? Uh, I'm definitely going with the Packers here with this one as well um, because you don't know what you're getting with the Ravens offense, even with Lamar Jackson in. Uh, The Ravens have been playing uh, really inconsistent football the last four weeks, so you never know what you're going to get. And uh, if they don't have Lamar Jackson out there, I don't feel that they can win this game. If they have Lamar out there and he's firing on all cylinders, Baltimore can definitely win. But – I don't. I don't see it happening today. Green Bay is going to cover. I agree. I go with the Packers. I don't know if this will be a blowout. I think the Ravens. I'll take the Ravens with the nine, but I think the Packers will win this game. Um, it's unfortunate that Lamar Jackson has fallen apart at the wrong part in time in the season, and injuries are hampering him, and they could potentially end up losing the AFC North. Um, there are too many teams around their feet coming to get them, and this will be interesting as this is going to go to the wire, especially if the Steelers do win. The Steelers put their hat in this uh, situation as well. Um, Aaron, I'll come right back to you. I know this is your division rival. Who are you going with? Yeah. Uh, I'm going Packers, and I think I, I'm, I'm taking the Packers in the over. Um, and, and here's why. I mean, uh, the division rivalry aside, this Baltimore Ravens secondary is atrocious. They're, 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 they're bad. And then they lose another key component of Marlon Humphrey, uh, the secondary. And you want to try to tell me that Aaron Rodgers is going to come in there with all his weapons and toys and not light them up like the 4th of July? I'm sorry. I just have a hard time not seeing this be a 10-plus beating, you know, at the hands of Green Bay Packers. You know, for me – Everything I'm reading right now, Lamar Jackson is not going to play. Um, so that falls on, you know, back of quarterback Tyler Huntley, who showed uh, some 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 signs of life a little bit in that game last against the Cleveland Browns. 
But ultimately, at the end of the day, uh, Green Bay is too much, and they're on a mission to, you know, kind of keep ahead and secure that number one seed. Give me Green Bay in the over. Okay, the next matchup, the last game of the evening, the Saints, the Saints are going up against the Buccaneers. This is taking place in Tampa. Um, the Bucks are favored by 11 and a half. Uh, Sirius, I'll come right back to you. Who are you going with, Taysom Hill? Or there's a story of a guy named Brady. <laughs> we talked about this one at the table, too. You know, Jimmy, Jimmy Tampa Bay, um, this, this, I, I, I can't trust the 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 – the Saints right now, not to mention their head coach ain't going to be there because he, he's in the protocol with the COVID and everything, you know, so you try to, you know, deal with Tom Brady without your head coach, without a quarterback, you know, defenses, not playing as up to par as they need to. You really don't know what you're getting from the offense. you got to deal with Tom Brady, who is also on a mission, you know, this year. So give me Tom Brady um, to, to win this one, and I don't think it's going to be close. Okay, uh, how about you, Eric? Who do you like in this matchup, Saints or Buccaneers, and why? Yeah, there's been uh, talk since uh, Tom Brady came to Tampa Bay that they haven't been able to beat the Saints, and that definitely stops today. I agree with Sirius here. Tampa Bay is going to win big uh, with or without Antonio Brown. It doesn't matter. They're loaded with offensive weapons, and Tom Brady, Leonard Fournier, uh, Evans and Godwin, so they really don't need Brown, and you can't forget about Gronk. So, I mean, with or without him, week in and week out, this team will dominate. Okay, Mike, you are last left for your boys going into Tampa. How does this go down? Well, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I have a feeling. This is going to be an ugly football game for the New Orleans Saints. I am at least glad, you know, I cannot believe I'm about to make the following statement. I'm glad that Taysom Hill is playing quarterback instead of Trevor Semi-Pro in New Orleans. But that being said, I I don't – listen, you put whoever you want to a quarterback. It's not really going to make a difference. I hope the Saints can at least compete and – make a game out of this. I don't expect them to. Uh, I'm just hoping that there's not uh, too much black and gold blood spread all over that field um, in Tampa today. Listen, they beat them in the playoffs when it matters, but the Saints have beaten Brady three times in a row in the regular season. I think that uh, Brady and Arians want to make a statement that um, they have dealt with that sort of skeleton in their closet, if you will, and and I think they take care of business today. The Saints did get one win over them earlier this year, which I'm still happy to say. Uh, but I don't think they get it done today. I think Tampa wins. Uh, I do think that's a lot of points. But if uh, you know, uh, if I had to say, I would say Tampa covers as well. Okay, fellas, I, I hate to do this. We have to go quickly. I did not know what was that. Why well, I forgot what was happening. We have four more games, two for Monday and two for Tuesday. Uh, the Raiders and Browns are the first game Monday night. The Vikings and Bears are the second game due to this madness of this pandemic. And then Tuesday, the Seahawks and Rams are the first game. The second game are the Washington football team up against the Eagles. Um, I'll try to do it as best as I can. 
I'll come to you first on this one, serious. Raiders and Browns, Vikings and Bears. Raiders. And then Vikings so I'm gonna go and with Bears. The Raiders the first one. I'm going to go with the Vikings on the second one. Okay, Tuesday, the Seahawks and Rams, Washington Rams and there. Eagles. I'm going to go with the Eagles there. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You must be sitting around Jessica. Okay, so that's fair enough. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, I know, Eric. Your thoughts on the, the Monday night Raiders or Browns and the Vikings and Bears? I like the Raiders over the Browns, and I like the Bears over the Vikings. Justin Fields is getting mm-hmm. it done. Really? Okay, Tuesday, Seahawks or Rams, uh, football team, Eagles. And we are going with the Rams, and the football team is going to get back in the win column against the Eagles. And they both are sitting at 6-7. and Very interesting. Okay, Mike, your thoughts? Raiders or Browns? Vikings and Bears? I'm just... I'm going to say Raiders just because of how many people are missing for the Browns, and then I'll go, uh, I'll go with the Vikings uh, in the second game. And for Tuesday night, it's the Seahawks and Rams, and football team Eagles. Um, Rams getting a lot of guys back. I read last night. I think the Rams win, and. I'm going to take the football team. Okay, and as for me, I'm going with the Raiders. Um, only thing I see good for the Browns is if Case Keenum could come in here and throw the ball around. Uh, Nick Chubb is my fantasy running back, so I need him to do well. Um, but other than that, I feel like the Raiders should try to go in there and steal a game. Uh, the, I have to go with the Vikings, especially the way that they came out last week up against Pittsburgh. Um, if Dalvin Cook looks anything like himself, along with Justin Jefferson. I don't think this is the time for them to start losing at this point in time. I am going to go with the Vikings. My mother would yell at me if I didn't. She's a Viking fan. Um, I agree. I'm going with the Rams at home. The Seahawks have a losing record. This is an opportunity for Stafford to take care of business. Uh, We're normally successful up against teams that don't do well throughout the season. And I am going with the Washington football team to win the game up against the Eagles. Both of them sit at 6-7. and seven. I feel like the stronger quarterback – well, not even. I can't really say a stronger quarterback because they're actually hurt. But I, I like Gibson as well uh, and Terry McLaurin to take care of business in this matchup. This is going to be interesting, too, because it's like you don't know what you're going to get because this is a division rivalry. But I, I feel comfortable going with the football team to win this matchup on the road in Philadelphia. Um, I need plugs, closeouts from each of you as we're running small overtime. Uh, I'll start with you first on this one, Mr. Simmons. Give me a plug, close out, shout out, anything that you like to promote as we shut the doors here at the Sunday morning brunch. Yo, it's your boy, Sarah, dropping that 412 and a 703 message. It's a pleasure to be here with you guys on the Sunday brunch. Before we get out of here, I wanted to make sure you guys are aware that we are definitely going to be doing the uh, free-for-all show, or the wrap-up show, excuse me, on Tuesday in the middle of watching both football games. So uh, definitely come by, holler at your boy, Barry, myself, uh, if you want to talk, you know, what happened uh, between yesterday's game and, and today's games and Monday's games, uh, 
Uh, it's going to be fun, man. With that being said, check out the blogs, the, the interviews, and everything like that, finger foods and stuff like that off on YouTube. With that being said, y'all be good. I'll catch you guys on the next one. Okay, Mike, give me a plug, close-out shout-out, anything that you like to promote as we shut it down here at the brunch. Man, shout-out to all you fellas, man. Uh, serious, always fun, chopping up with you. Much love, E and TP, big homie, man, always, man. If it wasn't for you, it wouldn't be here, man. I appreciate it. Uh, stay uh, stay tuned to Sports City Chefs. Check out the website, the blog, the merchandise. Wednesday nights, we got the cookout. Thursdays, the crossover cafe, and, of course, the brunch on Sundays. He already told you about the NFL wrap-up show. And listen, man, uh, the barbershop on Clubhouse. Not only have we surpassed 3K, we're almost to 4K, man. So come join us and be part of a of a growing trend, something that's 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 really taking off and growing some legs. And we got some nice merchandise on the barbershop side as well. Got some nice workout tees, got some hoodies and other things. As TP told you about uh, at the at the top of the show, man. But uh, much love to everybody. And as they say in Louisiana, man, always laissez les bons rouler. Catch you guys next time. Last but not least, Mr. Gross, shut this thing down. Give us anything that you'd like to plug or promote as well. Always a pleasure, gentlemen. Mike, serious, timeless, much love and respect. Always, my brothers. Uh, great show as usual. Thanks to all of our supporters and listeners out there. Check out the website, sportscitychefs.com. Get the merch. Check out the shows all throughout the week. Everybody have a blessed day. As they said, SportCityChefs.com, continue to support us throughout the week. We'll have shows going down. Of course, the Crossover Cafe is back on Thursday. i got to get in there and start throwing this thing around with the round ball talk for sure. Um, it should be pretty loaded because we got football all week. I think it goes Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. I think their games are being played as well as Saturday this week also. On that note, tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the Chefs again. And if they don't know, now they know. City chefs is in the room, cooking up hot topics to put up on your spoon. They well in tune, blown like a flower in June. Superman verse, MF Doom, the clouds loom. So tell a friend it's the Sports City chefs again. Pay attention, tune in, we on the set again. Sports City, Sports City chefs, chefs. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.